Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Herspiration Happy Hour, Season 2, Episode 32. And I'm hoping everybody is doing great today. This is your unapologetic diva of Herspiration Happy Hour, Dr. Pamela Gurley. We also have uh, Dr. Zoe Zorka on the line, too. Oh, hi. Oh, Oh, how are you today? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Yes. You know, it's been a very long week, and so I'm really happy that this can, you know, be a part of my week because I can actually decompress a little bit and share some thoughts and feelings on things and then get out some what they call microaggressions, I guess, after this fiscal year (laughs) closed out. (laughs) Yeah. I know. So today what we're going to be drinking is, is a red sangria, which is really, I really love having fruit in my drinks. I'm not a really big sweet drinker. And I mean, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if you are. Zoe, are you a sweet drinker? Um, uh, sometimes uh, I'll drink the sangria if it's like really good. But you know, I like doing I like putting it when they make the margaritas and put the sangria in it and make it a sangria. I like those. Oh, nice. I never heard of that mm-hmm. one. Well, you never well, have? Thing, no, <laughs> I have not. Oh, wow. And, I'll well, this, here, yeah. I know. So I found an interesting recipe for this drink for today. And so this one is, it's a red sangria, but not, it's made with Pinot Noir and some fresh squeezed uh, orange juice and a little bit of fresh squeezed lemon juice. And then we have peaches and strawberries and ch- I put cherries in it this time. And then okay. I, wanted to, I wanted to naturally sweeten it because you can add a little, they, sometimes I saw recipes that will say add maple syrup or you know, a little sweetener to it, I chose to sweeten mine with pineapple. Okay. And then I gave it a good kick of brandy. Ooh, nice. (laughs) So, yeah, so, you know, our our drinks are going to be on point for today as we, you know, really start having our discussion a little bit later. Um, So what's going on with you? What's some updates for you? Been two weeks. Well, I mean, it's been two weeks, yeah. (laughs) It has been two weeks, yeah. Um, Let's see here. Uh, well, um, the big news obviously is that article I had for um, NBC News, uh, their new Think Division. I have that. That was a really, really big deal. Super excited about that. I actually knew. I've known. I've known about it since before the last show. They gave me a tentative acceptance um, about three and a half weeks ago. But I didn't want to say anything and jinx myself. Then it was the day after we did our show that uh, that Thursday, so two weeks ago tomorrow, that they gave me the they gave me the pretty much the green light that it was we had done a bunch of edits and stuff. That was when I was getting the real green light that it was probably like you know we're talking ninety ninety five to ninety nine percent go. And I and I didn't tell anybody. I did not tell a single so the hardest thing because I, I think if I have this thing if I tell anyone I'm gonna jinx myself, um, I did not tell a soul. And it's crazy because when it actually when they emailed me, Rob, it was about one uh, one o'clock, let's say last Thursday. Rob had just left; he was going to uh, California um, with the team for uh, the game, and he had literally just walked out the door and t- 
10 minutes later, my friend Tyler showed up. Uh, remember I said he had to bring me down my wine? Well, he brought yeah. me down the wine, so I had four nice bottles. We did some, some wine tasting. Uh, and in that 10 minutes, I found out. And so it was it, it was weird that, and I and I mean, I said, neither one, so it, that little gap, neither one of them knew. And I, I kept it from a secret from everybody uh, but Rob until I needed his help a few days before when we needed to get, uh, we needed to find a uh, subject matter expert. I think that's when I hit you up about, looking for a PhD in foreign policy, and, and I found yeah. one. Yeah. She could talk a little bit about uh, background, the work that her organization does later today on the show, but uh, then the article was supposed to come out on Thursday afternoon, and then just because, uh, you, you know, things happened, Trump, um, and they had some just, uh, you know, big-time, we'll say a bigger-time writer than me, <laughs> a bigger-time writer than me, uh, write a piece that sort of was more time-sensitive and bumped mine, so mine got... But they put mine Sunday morning, which is great because that's when a lot of people, you know, have time to read news. So it came out on Sunday morning and it's going to be pretty well. So, yeah. That was the big, that's oh. the big news. And I well, and I'll segue into where I got the idea from and all that in a little bit. But that was, that's less than the big news. It's really working on this article. Uh, and now I've got to, got to make up a bunch of my other work because I've, I've just been working so hard on that piece. But I'm, I'm really excited the way it came out. The graphic design looks great. Everything looks wonderful. So, yeah, something uh, in the portfolio, and it's something nobody's really talked about a lot in the media, but uh, we should. I'll get, I'll get more to add as we go along. But, yeah, that's absolutely um, all that's going on with me. Um, <laughs> what about you? Last Well, first of all, let me tell you congratulations. Because I remember <laughs> when you text me, I know you were sweating bullets trying to get through this. And I, of course, having so many things going on, especially at year end with closeout, how something so precedent that you need to crank out can over, you know, overshadow everything else that you're doing. It's like this needs to be done first and everything else has to go on the back burner. So I commend yeah. you and I'm so proud of you for being able to get Thanks. through this. Yeah. And, and, and it's not a small deal. And then, no, like it's I said, not. I also... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I think it's on something very relevant, so I'm very excited when we finally get into that, to, you know, for our discussion today. Yeah. But otherwise, as for me, I did fiscal year closeout. I have also been trying to get my fall collection finished and uploaded. I have uploaded a good bit of it. I still have maybe three or four items that I need to add, and I'm offering, like, because originally it doesn't come out till October 15th, I'm doing a pre-launch so people can do pre-orders. This way I can make sure and have specific sizes. And so yeah. since I'm offering the pre-order, I'm doing not only just offering the pre-order, I'm offering a fall discount because it is fall, and I have a lot of great designs coming out. So I'm going to do like a fall 10, so there will be 10% off of each item. Not, you know, not the whole entire item, you know, whatever you have in your basket or whatever you purchase. But actually, per item, I'm going to be offering 10% off. And so that's oh, cool. kind of a big deal. And that's for people who want to get in early and get get there first. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. But a lot goes into it, all of this designing pieces. And I still have uh, some pieces that I'm just I'm wondering if I'm going to have out in the fall or wait and bring them out in the spring. Because I really did yeah. an overload of different images and whatnot, and some of them, you know, they itch to get out, but it's okay. I'm almost finished, and, you know, so once I get them out, I'll be extremely happy, and I'll start advertising for them. But if you're listening, you can go on the site right now, and you can get the discount with using FALL, which is capital F, 
the at symbol LL pin, and it'll be a little thing that'll pop up, like a light screen that'll pop up that'll give you that discount. And once you get to your basket, you'll see all of your discounted prices in there. So that's that's kind of what's essentially going on with me. That's <laughs> Which awesome. Is, I know. Oh, by the way, the other thing that I had to multitask with, I'm going to tell you how fast time went. What happened to September? I'm really wondering because I felt like I just started class uh, for teaching class in August, and I'm already at midterm. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, that's, that's definitely um, – I, I, I feel like September was kind of long. Actually, I, I feel like uh, it, 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 I feel like September was long. But, yeah, that's how I class quarter of the semester. Yeah, I don't feel like it, it should be midterms already. I think I'm getting ready to start – I'm in week seven. And we're going to be doing the mid-year, uh, the midterm review next week when I get to class. So that's to me, is just moving by really fast. I'm going to blink, and it's going to be final. And it's going, to, yep, and then by that point, true. it'll be Christmas. It's going to be Christmas. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so let's talk a little about something. So one of the uh, new segment that we have, uh, we're you know we're incorporating is Herspirations WCW, you know for our Working Women Wednesday and our WCW. So you want me to give mine first or you want to give yours yeah, first? Yeah, go ahead and give yours first because I'm going to I'm gonna talk, I'm going to segue into my, um, sort of where I got the idea from. So, yeah, go, just, let's hear yours first. So this this week, for me, my WCW is Chelsea Clinton. And here's why. She, I was While I was working from home today, I can hear the TV upstairs. And she drew my attention, and I walked upstairs just to see what she was talking about. And she had a lot of great things talking about our political climate. And one mm-hmm. of the things that they commented, commented on was that Trump had tweeted the greatest scam in history of America, in the history of American politics. She actually replied to his tweet and said, yes, you are. And I felt like, Wow. That was kind of interesting and probably how a lot of people feel. And and she also said that, in her view, his whole life has been a scam. Yeah. (laughs) So I just just found that very noble. So that made her my WCW (laughs) for today. And how about you? Well, I'm more thinking um, just uh, I think the only time you have um, women who are willing to be in politics, and I, I'm going to say hers is a different, different situation. You have a lot of these uh, women senators, congresswomen, um, governors, things like that. That's definitely, it's it's harsh, and you know, talk about today's, today's political climate. People are absolutely crazy. Um, so I think anyone who's willing to put themselves out there in the public eye and deal with the, just the, I'll say, I mean, there's criticisms, and then there's crazies. Uh, to just deal with the crazies, it's good on them. I actually, so the idea for this article, the idea for this article actually came up in about, well, I'll say about February of last year. So, and this is where it started. And I and I, and I pulled up the, because uh, the whole article I was going to do was something like 3,000 words, and they cut it into a third because, you know, um, it's, uh, time, space, all that kind of stuff. So there was this senator, Senator Jeanne, I think it's Senator Jean Shaheen of New Hampshire, okay? So she's a senator from New Hampshire. And what I was reading about, this was back in February when it pulls up. So, okay, Senator Jean Shaheen. Okay, 
and she was the only woman to serve on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. And this is back in February, so keep in mind, we're talking over half a year ago. She asked, um, this was kind of a minor news story, she asked, she asked uh, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo whether or not the Afghan government and Taliban delegates plan to include Afghan women in ongoing peace talks. And so Senator uh, so Pompeo, he vaguely responded, and this is an actual quote, um, Senator, there's lots of issues that we're working our way through. And so then, um, John, so John Selpko, he's the congressionally appointed special, eh, special inspector general for the Afghanistan reconstruction. He had said something. He had basically said if the U.S. and the other members of the international coalition won't, uh, would pull he asked if they would pull reconstruction funding if a peace agreement um, didn't include securing the rights of women and girls. So you have this Sopko guy uh, who's the Special Inspector General for the Afghanistan Reconstruction and then this Senator uh, Shaheen of New Hampshire. They were saying, hey, you know, it's great that we're trying to help fix Afghanistan. And, you know, we're going to give them this money. Um, we've been giving them this money and we're going to give them more money and now that we're going to kind of try to Hopefully, turn things over to them. Are you going? What are you going to do for the protection of women and girls? And Pompeo said, uh, basically, he basically said nothing uh, in as many words. And then it sort of went away because there's a new, new, eh, there's a new news story every every day. It seems like every week something else is a crisis, tragedy, whatever. So I thought, well, hey, and then I'm sort of thinking, you know, there's not a lot of talk about foreign aid, this, that, the other. Uh, we're giving all this money to all these countries, and a lot of and a lot of them have the worst. They have horrible rights uh, rights records for uh, how they treat their women. Um, some of them countries uh, women are not even allowed to vote. Some of the countries women are not even allowed to vote without a male re- relative escorting them to the polls. So imagine you had to have your dad, husband, brother, uncle, somebody escort you to go vote. And that's how these are a lot of these countries. Um, so when I was doing this, the research, uh, and all and everything's, uh, all the gov- it's all, you know, the government has everything online. I ran the, I ran all the numbers for, um, and we've been giving foreign aid to these countries, some of them since the 50s, 60s, 70s, but there's really only really good, reliable data since 2000. Um, so I kept it since 2000. So since 2000, I took the, the countries we've been giving the most money to, and then I have another thing. The World Bank has uh, rankings of how women are treated in each country, and there's a zero is the absolute worst, a one's a perfect score, and no countries have a one. Um, some of them, I think, like Sweden. Uh, Sweden, I think, is in the point high point eight. Um, Sweden, Norway, I think that they're the, they're two of the top ones. Um, the U.S. is is fairly high. U.S. Uh, about Point um, seven seven five or something like that. We're kind of you know with Canada and the other European countries, um, Japan. They're your first, your general first world um, nations. And then you've got these ones that these developing countries where not only are the women's rights records, uh, their their records of treatment and their women's rights are horrible, but over 16 years since the World Bank started doing the records, they haven't improved at all. So the U.S. Norway, Sweden, Canada, most of the other countries have been slowly going up, but these other countries have not. 
so I looked at the standard deviation of who, who which countries have not they have not only some of them not been approving some of them been dropping, but yet we can start to give them, can, uh, keep giving them more money and and then it's not it's not just the U.S. it's also the United Nations. So we decided to sort of tie it in with the United Nations as well. And we were a part that didn't make a piece that didn't make the cut is we were talking about Ivanka Trump. Uh, she uh, has she was talking about doing this initiative for women and girls and with the World Bank to try to give money to help uh, help women in economic opportunities in some of these countries. I mean, well, it sounds good, but there was, again, no oversight, nothing like that. Same thing with uh, Prince Harry and uh, what's, what's his, um, uh, Meghan Markle. Uh, they went over there and, you know, they were in Africa uh, last week and talking about, hey, we want to help, you know, the women and girls need to be treated better, but they weren't talking about how they were going to do it. So it seems like the, the topic's getting a lot of lip service, but there's not really any action. And when people have asked the president and his people about this, they just, it seems like they're blowing them off. So, yeah. So I think it's something we need to ask more about because this is our, as Americans, this is our tax dollars. I'm not saying is it, when, when, when foreign aid is used properly, it can help these countries. I, I cited Japan as an example in the article, but when it's not, when we're just throwing, giving money, to it, most of the time it ends up in the hands of corrupt dictators. And that's what a lot of research has found in these. If we don't, if we're not asking for accountability, then it's just going to be corrupt dictators buying um, stuff that they want or using it towards their military. And a, they're calling it security, uh, security forces money, but actually a lot of it, a lot of what they're using their quote security forces for and their military for, is to quelch. Uh, democratic peaceful protests, especially protests that are trying to help uh, women and girls get more rights. So yeah, so it's basically we're giving money, we're shooting ourselves in the foot, essentially. <laughs> if that, I hope it makes sense. Yeah. So that's so that's kind of where it all came, where it all stemmed from. Uh, just all those news stories sort of converging together. Oh wow, that's a, that's very interesting. Although a lot of that, especially when it comes to foreign aid and, and all of those things I'm very familiar with <laughs> for one reason or another. I'm very familiar with because of my previous job, but, you know, I'm, I'm glad that information is out there. And yes, a lot is made public. And so you can get to quite a bit, especially now with the Data Transparency Act, this made a lot more data accessible to taxpayers. And I think it's important we, oh, that taxpayers yeah. pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. And we did. Oh, and I will. I will mention this. And we did have a form. I did have a formal interview with a State Department spokesperson last week, and uh, it was all transparent on the record. We. I did have a formal interview in which she confirmed that there was no. Um, that besides the few small loans that we sent to these countries, that there's no um, other stipulations, requirements, or benchmarks that they have to meet and she sent me you know she sent me the official documents it's all online it just it's a lot to read through but yeah so we did we did get confirmation we got confirmation so it was we went we did our due we we made sure we did the due diligence just so we could say have them on record saying okay this is what it is yeah mm-hmm. yeah because well we don't, don't want to say because yeah there's a lot of things online but we have you when, when you have some of you have to get the gospel from you know you have to get to get it straight up from the horse's mouth <laughs> and then so and now they and they were helpful but they just uh, they just gave us, uh, told us how it was. Uh, just 
and they knew what we were doing, and they knew we were with and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, but good times. <laughs> so now that you've done that and you put a lot of information out there, what was your takeaway? Oh, <clears throat> my takeaway is that we're not uh, we're not really holding the um in the U.S. If you give money to a uh, organizations who ask for grants, uh, universities, anybody who gets government funding in the U.S., they have to abide by title. Well, one, first of all, they have to file a lengthy application. <laughs> if you have, you are, you know, applying for grants, applying for loans, even if you're doing an SBA loan, you have to apply. You have to submit a lot, a lot of information. You have to show you have a plan how it's going to be used. I mean, that's something for people who want to go get. Uh, $20,000 SBA loan, and that's a loan, not even a grant. They want to go get a loan. They have to fill out pages and pages and pages of applications. They have to provide uh, documentation. Um, people will apply for grants, uh, universities, research programs, uh, nonprofits, all these different things. Just It's a lengthy, lengthy process to prove how it's going to be used. And then all those different people that, well, they have to abide by uh, federal laws, state laws. They have to abide by, and, and this is the most interesting one, but universities, that's where a lot of our grant money goes, they got to abide by a Title IX ruling, which means that uh, their institution ha and their programs have to allocate you know, as much, um, they, can't, they can't be discriminatory towards women. They have to allocate as much money towards uh, for women as men and, um, uh, and for some different programs. And so that's, our, so we're holding our own people accountable to these standards for far less money than we're holding uh, our foreign partners who are giving billions of dollars to. So I think it's, we should say what's good for the goose is uh, good for the gander, you know? I, I agree. And yeah. you know, I do realize that the U.S. puts a lot of money out there for, mm -hmm. to other countries, a lot, a tremendous amount. And it always yeah. just made me wonder, because we don't get as we don't receive as much. But it just makes me wonder how our our dollars are actually being spent over there and how they're monitored. And you know, because they, I do know that there are reporting <coughs> guidelines that where you should be reporting how that money is spent. I'm just wondering how accurate that is, or oh, how well, much yeah, of and it then is that's, it from show. That's a good. That's a really good question. So. Uh, sometimes, again, like I mentioned, touch on briefly, a lot of times we'll say, oh, well, this was used for um, security, providing yeah, security to neighborhoods, women, girls. Um, imagine you're in I mean, one of these uh, just third world countries, and you're talking about places where it's, <laughs> imagine the worst part of, uh, imagine the worst part of whatever city you're in in the United States, and now make that ten times worse. So you're talking about some really bad places, and so Security is kind of important, but they're telling, they're acting like the security is going for helping keep the people safe. Well, it's really going to helping keep the people quiet, uh, like breaking up protests, um, basically working as some cr whatever corrupt government henchmen. I think that that's what you see a lot of now. And then their their reporting requirements are very, very loose. It's very, it's really, really, they are very vague. It's, Imagine, imagine you were a multi-billion-dollar business, and so you said, "Okay, we spent ten million dollars on marketing." Okay, well, on marketing, what? If it was that, what went to 
social media marketing, what went to print marketing, went to, went to referral marketing, you know, what, what, what just saying $10 million went to marketing. So the reporting requirements are uh, really, really, really big. But now you mentioned that uh, what is it going to? It, now here, this is, and I, this is at the end of the story, uh, in following World War II when, um, you know, when we, after we bombed them, uh, Japan, our government sent over, was it Douglas MacArthur and some other um, big, you know, some other former World War II um, military leaders and some civilians and other political uh, kind of, you know, uh, people to, they were actually went to Japan and they helped them restructure their political system, they helped them restructure their economy, they helped them restructure their healthcare system. <clears throat> and what, one of the big deals was that they said, okay, you have to give women equal rights. That was part of the thing. So, not, so we gave uh, Japan, a lot, we spent a lot of money helping Japan, you know, get fixed up following World War II, but we were also over there making sure that they weren't, that someone wasn't, that wasn't going to be some sort of uh, coup where government, someone goes in and throws over the government and then they just become uh corrupt all over again. And so that was what we did following uh, World War II. And now Japan is the third biggest contributor to UN aid following the U.S. and the United Kingdom. So the U.S. gives the most money, then the United Kingdom, then Japan. And then that money, a lot of that's spent um, on these efforts in the, the third efforts in the third world countries. So yeah. So I, and so I think in my article, I kind of called out the U.S. and the U.N. both because the UN's not really doing much oversight either. <laughs> and it, last week was by yeah. But it can work when it's done properly because now Japan Japan doesn't get any money from us anymore and they're actually giving money and that's that whole whole feed a man to fish, you know, teach him to fish analogy, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, wow, that's that's very heavy. <laughs> So we, you said we send out money, of course, to try to um, assist other countries, especially in terms of protests and, and all of those things. What are your thoughts on protests here? Oh, we don't. I mean, well, we don't do it. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. We don't. We don't. Do, we don't. About, we don't intend the money for that. We don't intend the money for that. We send the money oh, I to. You found, no, no, no. Well, what we, well, we. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, we send. Okay. We are the intent is. Say we market for security. Okay. Oh yeah. Same it's, thing. In Still our, money. <laughs> yeah, it's it's army. Well, we market for security. So when we say, say the U.S. government gives make make believe a stand, they give some, some country a, uh, two billion dollars for security, and that's because this country is just in shambles. People are out there shooting each other, trying to you, you know what you send me on the kind of things you see on the news, just that church stuff. Um. And what we ima- and in the U.S., what we imagine that for is, okay, well, they're going to pay their military people to keep civilians safe the same way we would if there was, like, you know, following natural disasters when the National Guard comes in, you know, and just kind of helps maintain order. That's what we would assume. That's what the U.S., that's what it's intended for. We would assume, okay, it's just going to be like a na- like sending in the National Guard to just maintain law and order um, and keep the, keep the civilians safe. Well, what they're using it for is now imagine in the U.S. we have the National Guard uh, arrest, arrest and even shoot at protesters, people, peaceful demonstrations. Um, just you know, we see peaceful demonstrations all the time um, outside, you know, the White House, whatever. Um, now we're saying, okay, well they're going to come in, they're going to arrest them, 
them, they're going to shoot them, and that's what's happening. They're also using it to go, to use them basically as a police force to round up political, uh, like political opponents and people who are speaking out against the government. Because here in the U.S., you're allowed to speak out against the government, as long as you, know, you don't threaten them and stuff. And we have people speaking out against Trump all the time. We have people speaking out against Obama. You're allowed to do that. Uh, these other countries, they're using the military or police force to go and to get rid of those people. And that wasn't what our money was meant to be used for, but that's what they're using it for. So, yeah, does that make sense, we, what we intended versus yeah. what it's actually being used for? Yeah. I, and I'll go back to my question of what I was saying in terms of protest. You know, mm -hmm. even for security purposes, a lot of people are protesting against the government for the same reason yeah. why we're why we're currently having protests, except for, to me, if the U.S. is also teaching these military people or their National Guard, whoever they're using, their security, that they're, they want to contribute funds to help, they, I'm sure, because they're also not only giving money, they, they, it's been very known that they're giving weapons as well. What do they think the other, you know, the other countries are going to use these things for? Oh, that's, well, yeah, that's a, that's a totally different story. That, that's a, that, now that's a totally But I'm just saying, but it still, has to, do story, with, yeah. it still yeah. has to do with foreign aid and how we are yeah. assisting other countries. So we have to, no matter what, as taxpayers, because it always goes back to taxpayers' yeah. money, we have to be in the know of how our taxpayers' dollars, our tax-paying dollars are being spent, mm -hmm. regardless on what it's spent for. Because there's right. not, to me, there's the, the Data Transparency Act that makes things very transparent, but how mm -hmm. transparent are they? I'm, I'm a firm believer that the government is always going to show you what they want you to see. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. And we don't, you know, things on things like that, like we don't, we have no way of, we have no way of knowing. We have no way of knowing what's once the money's been sent. We don't know. We, there, we there's really no nothing to say what we used for, and there and there's not. There's like I said, there's not that detailed thing. And now you're being talking about like things like weapons, uh, like the the, you know, who, what, what, uh, other what political opponents are we are we the U.S. arming? You're getting into some. Okay, now you're getting into, like politics and stuff like that. Yeah, we we should know more about that, and. First of all, I don't think we should be mess I don't really think that we should be messing with that if we're not going to be transparent about it. You know, we, there's no reason. For, I think the U.S. There's, you know, our forefathers was our forefathers. You know, like didn't they leave? Uh, they left. You know, left Europe to come over here. To, and then now it's like okay, now it seems like they want to go back. And now it seems like oh, we left there. Now we're going to want to go back and meddle and everything. It seems like the U.S. meddles in a whole lot of stuff that it really doesn't need to be meddling in. Um, so I think that unless we're going to help them economically or help them become stable, we really don't need to be doing that. But I do think the taxpayers need to know more about who's, you know, we, here, here's the thing. We always say, oh, is Russia meddling in our election? Well, whose elections are we meddling in? We should know that too, you know? <laughs> we're worried about who's yeah. meddling with us. Yeah, I mean, we have, you know, since like, I mean, how many, how many of those South American countries will get? Now, I don't, I'm not an expert on this, but I know the, I know the gener generalities of it. I know that, like, that was it like in the 80s or something the U.S. was uh, messing with, with a lot of those countries, we were, we were down there doing things in South America. We were arming the rebels. You know, we've done it. And we did it in Afghanistan. We armed the Taliban, and you look where that got us. So we need to, we, you know, we need who, who, who's, who's meddling in our elections now? Whose elections are we, are we meddling in right now? Let's just figure all that stuff out, too. It's a two-way yeah, street. Yeah, and 
So the other part that I'd like to share is, or my, my, my personal thoughts, is that no matter what kind of aid we provide outside of the U.S., it's still all tied to money, whether it's, a pe whether it's people, whether it's, you know, material goods, whether it's food, whether it's actually money or, you know, actual mm -hmm. cash. It still equates to money. Mm -hmm. Things have to be purchased for it to go over. People ha are being paid to go over. That's still money, and I feel like that's still resources. And we are, as a country, are not where we should be. Nope, definitely not. A hundred percent, yeah. And we need to know more of that. We need we need to know what, yeah, like you said, what else is going over there. And um, and I think that one of the, uh, I think that this is one of these situations where I think that really the, U, if, as far as foreign aid is concerned, I think the U.S. really needs to sort of, I think the U.S. needs to sort of step out of it and let the United States, let the United Nations be the ones to, to they've got all the you know, they've got a lot of NGO groups, let them be the ones to go and and mess with it so and then have everybody you know, obviously have all the countries take a vote. Do you know that it's not this it's not well, we're doing this to get back at Russia, who's doing this to get back at China and that kind of stuff. So I think that there needs to be the politics taken out of it. I think the the UN and a lot of their private NGO um groups should be the ones to be doing the humanitarian, to be doing the humanitarian aid, um, and then they have to answer the United Nations rather than us per se. Because you're right, yeah. we have we have our own problems. We have our we have our own problems here in the U.S. You know, like let's worry about us, and then let let's fit, split you know split the bill fairly with the other you know these other first world countries, and then let's let the U.N. and everybody vote, and then they're you know them being tried with transparency, and let them you know they've got there's so many of these groups to actually go into these countries and do try to help. Well, why let's maybe let's maybe offload it onto them under UN supervision. So then it's not it doesn't become this whole are we giving weapons to these people? No, we just need to we need to worry about us. We'll do our share about helping the others, but also worry about us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man. So you know what? Let's check to see if we have anyone yeah. on a line right now that wants to offer their opinion on this. I know we and you both have been going on a tangent <laughs> right now. Right. Is anyone out there that, you know, that's on the line that would like to offer an opinion on this? You know, let's just see. Anybody out there? Anyone on the phone? Okay. So I guess we, we can go ahead and finish having our discussion. Hopefully people decide to take away from this, and you know, before I say that, what, when you wrote this article, what did you want people to take away so that they can be more informed? What was your, what was the action plan for you? Well, the first thing I want people to think about is, A, it's our, it's our money, um, taxpayers. B, this isn't, it's not a Trump thing, it's not an Obama thing. This, it's been the same problem since Reagan, before Reagan. It's been, this has been going on for Republicans, Democrats for years. Uh, and no one's done anything to solve it, neither party. So I think I was kind of hoping that this is something that everyone could say, hey, let's, let's set aside politics for just a little bit and agree that 
both sides have dropped the ball on this one. And that's why I really did, I really, really wanted to try. And maybe it's because no one brought it up. Um, the only instance I could find of somebody actually bring it up was uh, the senator from New Hampshire that I mentioned earlier. That was the only instance I could really find. Uh, I'm sure there have been other instances, but, you know, it's often hard to completely dig, but it's never been a major agenda. So um, <laughs> I would say I would hope it would be an agenda item for um, either this president, maybe hopefully I, you know, something to hear about in the upcoming debate. We really don't hear a lot about foreign policy in the debates, as much as we should. We hear, but I mean, the debates have kind of, in my opinion, become a little bit of a joke. Um, just, just really, just really to, to kind of talk about, to figure out how we can pressure the UN and pressure these other countries at the same time. Because when you're holding the purse strings, you have the U.S. is holding the purse strings. We're holding the purse strings. Why don't we? That's something we've got going for us. Why don't we use it for, why don't we uh, kind of use that for good? If, if, you know, when you control, when you're controlling the wallet, you can sort of call the shots. And that's life. That's, that's uh, foreign aid, anything like that. You know that. You know, when you're the one, when you're the one writing the checks, you can call the shots. You can make the decisions. So I think it's the time for the U.S. to start, uh, to basically start calling shots, to start, to, to start really, Putting the pressure on these people to to get to get their act together to make some improvements. Just there's not there's all and there's all this lip service out there, um, but there's not a lot. Of, there's no accountability. What I think would also be good is, like I said, even if not the UN, if the US, there's um, I interviewed somebody from uh, the uh, was, was the women in peace that it's the peace studies at San Diego State um, University down there in uh, San Diego. She's a and she's the program director for the um, international the peace studies program. And I think she was saying, you know, they go into these countries. They actually help people develop. You know, they help people. They help communities. They're they're in these they're in these countries. They're in 56 countries. There's a lot. And then they're you know they're a U.S. based company, and they're so they're held accountable to U.S. reporting to U.S. standards. So I think if we have kind of maybe have worked with more U.S.-based or U.N.-approved private organizations, then it wouldn't just be giving the money to some dictator. It would be like, okay, we're giving the money to the people and groups that we know are legit, and then they're going to, they're going to, they're going to be the ones administering it in these countries. Because right now the way it's where it's just not working. Giving the money, what, I mean, I, I don't know, it, like, it seems like it just goes in like a direct deposit to whatever warlord is in charge of, some of these countries this week, you know, some of these countries that have changed so much. It's yeah, it's 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 a it's a, and they're they're not democracies. We all know that. So yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think for me, my takeaway is even you know I haven't had a chance to read it. I mean, but you and I've talked about it and the direction that we, you know, that you wanted it to go in. I think that the takeaway, not only from this podcast, but from or from this radio show slash podcast that people who will be able to go back and listen on our First Parisian Happy Hour podcast, I think the takeaway is that people need to step up, become more informed, and stop thinking that no matter that they don't have a vote or a choice. You yeah. know, because one person one person has the ability to change, you know, at least one thing. But when you get a group of people and masses that can enforce change, change can really start to happen. 
Oh, yeah, and, and so, on that, this, yeah, uh, to, and not to, just that also message, you know, tweet out, email, message your senator, Congress people, tell them that they have people who are, who, 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 are, who listen to the public opinion. Message them, email them, tell them that you, if you're saying this, it's not this, sorry, right through the messenger congressmen about the congress people of, congressmen, congress people of senators about this, I would like to have a message them. But if there's something else you can check out, get in contact with your local state um, representative. You, this angry tweeting and posting and sharing stuff on the internet, that's cool. Your friends are going to read your article, but if you really want to bring it to the attention of the people who can make the changes, hit up the politicians. Tell them what your concerns are. And if enough people do that, then they're going to start to listen. And, you know, for lack of better words, shit posting on the internet isn't 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 going to do anything. Let's be honest, <laughs> it's not. Yeah, I think. Well. I think posting on the internet is one way to put people informed, you know, to keep people oh, yeah, informed, yeah, yeah. but it does not enforce action. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And yep. so sometimes it's not your feet to the pavement. Right. In type of action. I mean, for those people who are saying, hey, I'm being an activist and not just posting information. But then posting <laughs> saying, hey, this is where we can meet because we would like to peacefully mm-hmm. protest. And we've had right. a lot of protests here in Washington over, you know, the climate. <laughs> that's yeah. been really big right now. And I, I think that that's a very admirable thing because people should be concerned about our climate. I mean, we're right. in, what, October and it's still hot? <laughs> we got real climate issues. There are things going on that affect everyone and people need mm-hmm. to take that stance and not just right. tweet about it and write about it but actually you know either if, not only I mean I think some people feel comfortable with just saying you know what I've donated money to this cause yeah. but can you really say where this money went and I think yeah. sometimes having the ability to make time yeah. to advocate for the things that's important to you, yeah. mm-hmm. that's a way to enforce change. Yep, exactly. Yeah, and that's kind of what I, and I do hope that people, <clears throat> you know, this is about activism. Just if there's so much that you can do, you can go out and volunteer. Uh, go volunteer. Uh, go door to door, get signatures for a petition. Go to door to door and educate people about whatever it is that you. Uh, or care about, and I'm not, and I'm certainly not here to tell everyone what to care about. Because I think everyone's going to have their own thing or things, but do something. Don't just post something. <laughs> That's uh, I, and and <clears throat> I, you know, you see the same people posting the same stuff over and over again. Half it's from not even real news. Half it's from like fake blog sites and posing as news. And but you never see these people never leave their houses. These people don't even give money. Probably they probably don't even donate ten bucks. But they just rant and rant and rant online. Well, that's that's time that could be spent um just instead of ranting online, why don't you compose a thoughtful, well articulated email to a politician? You know, there's so much you can do, but people people don't want to, so yeah. That's do you why. think that's effective? Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, yes, do I you think, do. Um, I mean, writing, I to, writing to your congressman. Yes, writing, like, a, you know, they all, um, almost every one of them has websites that you can send emails to. And there's there's folks, people will actually get back to you. I've, um, uh, I've done it for other stories. There's, you know, there's, and though, if you have enough people emailing, writing about the same thing, it's going to be, I think, over time, that's one way you can do it. Um, there's also getting involved with organizations that are already established that are working to solve whatever problem it is you're looking to solve. There's, you can go, uh, maybe there's peaceful protests. There's, it, it really depends on kind of what you're trying to do. There's, there's just so many different options. I'm just saying there's, there's a lot of things you can do rather than just posting uh, posting pseudo blogs, posting pseudo news from down of some extremist blog on the internet because <laughs> that's what I see a lot of. And then they're like, hashtag activist. No, you're not. You're a joke. You're, or it was it, um, hashtag resistance. I'm like, no, you're not. You're a joke. Like, you don't, you've never left your house. You don't leave, you gotta leave your house. If you don't leave your house, if you don't live, you're not, if I don't see any, if I don't see any photos or videos of you outside your house doing anything to somehow make the world better, if I don't see any of that stuff, if I don't see you doing, communicating with anybody outside your, immediate whatever 500,000 followers and you're you know I'm not going to take you seriously and that's why I think I know who to take you know that's that's how I I that's how I think you we have to think about actually action not hashtag hashtag ivism that's why that's why I think I've called it for in a different piece I wrote hashtag ivism hashtag ivism that's like hashtag ivism yeah I know right hashtag resistance Cool. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> and you know yeah. what? I just thought about it um, with our, and so first of all, really quick, uh, just to apologize for people who are using the old line because we, you know, we didn't realize that it was going to be a new number tonight. That might be also why we don't have any callers because yeah. uh, I know we originally put out the old number, which is still the current number, but there was just some maintenance going on that didn't happen timely for this show. So, We'll definitely, you know, feel free to hit us on the our Instagram and our Facebook mm-hmm. for any questions or opinions that you might have on this topic. So I just wanted to put that out there. <laughs> yes, so just on definitely. Yeah, and if you, if there is something, if you, if you are, if there's something, uh, any sort of thing you're volunteering with, you're in, um, involved with, it doesn't have to be a political thing. You can, like we talked about the. You know, environment, um, animals' rights, anything you, anything that you're involved with that you want to come on and talk about your activism um, efforts or your charity, you know, volunteer efforts, charity efforts. Maybe you go read the kids' library. Ideal, yeah, you know, there is anything you're doing. Just uh, hit us up, and we'd love to hear from you because the, the small things together make big differences. Um, you know, yeah, one drop I in the agree. bucket's nothing, but a thousand drops in the bucket. Well, now you're filling it up. That's a good analogy. Yeah, I like that. I really do. I like that analogy. And it's, it's right on point. Yes. Wow. So in closing, is there anything that else that you want to share? Not closing up the podcast, but of just of this the show topic. Oh, just um if you if you if you agree with what I say, um just tweet at your government representative. Tweet at them, send emails to them, send the articles, say, Hey, you know, to be considered. Um, if you're a politician, 
if you're running for any sort of office, you know, something to think about addressing. Yep, that's about it. Yeah, I would love to have some of them come on and share why they find it important that people, you know, be a part of the process. Mm-hmm, yep. Because that would be really, really nice, you know, any candidate for any office. And I think, you know, just on this, I think we minimize local offices. Oh, we don't. Oh, we, I pay attention to mine. I, I really do because when I'm looking at that ballot, I have to know what your stance is, and it has to be in agreement with mine in order for me to vote. But it's so minimized that it's not out there like the congressional, um, you know, all the congressional discussions and and everything that's taking place. You see them. You see them on commercials, but they breathe by. Yeah. But what's really in the what's really holding forth in the media is all the mm-hmm. everything about being you know we got twenty twenty three thousand Democrats <laughs> wanting to be president. I know, right? <laughs> that's how I kind of feel because you see it so often. I feel like every time I turn around, there's someone else wanting to put themselves on the ballot, and right, they right. <laughs> want to know more. So, but that takes away the attention of local government. You people right, need you know, to know yeah. who their city councilmen are or women are and who their mayors are and their governors and, and all of these other local positions. I mean, down down to the sheriff. Yeah. We, you know, we need exactly, to be that, your, your local government affects you so much more than you realize. Uh, we're sitting here, and I'm like, how, there's a, there, there's a stu- there are some massive apartment building we have next to ours. Now our good views partially blocked. And, well, how'd that happen? Who approved that? Oh, it was approved through zoning laws. Who do we know that? No, because we don't even know who, like, our city council people are. We don't know any, like, I mean, I'm guilty of it. You know, we don't, it, the things that are, they're changing, you know, tax rates in your city. They're changing um, zoning codes in your city. All these different things are actually probably going to affect your day-to-day. Oh, um, apparently you don't have to get vehicle emissions. Um, you don't have to get one type of vehicle emissions spec- inspection anymore. You have to get a different kind now. Well, that's, that's your local government. So things that affect your day-to-day, you need to. You, I think, and I, and I, like I said, I'm guilty of it. I, I should know more about the people running here than do you, about the 23 Democrats, 21 know, of you, whom, 21 or 22 you, of whom are going to be like on the ballot. Do you attend your city council meetings? No. I, no, I, I quite honestly, I always know about them. Mm-hmm. But I can't. I I work so late often to be able to make it. I mean, I have a a, a hefty commute coming from Washington D.C. living in Maryland. But yeah. And so, but what you can do is you can still go and get the minutes and read the minutes. All yeah. that stuff is is made you it's know available to you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I find it very important. So I mean, with next year's election coming up, uh, I think it's important that everybody take a stance on on a particular position. You don't have to feed in to what everybody else is. Have your own right. place, have your own stance because that's what's going to make a difference. Because at the end yeah. of the day what what you don't want is saying, Oh, I voted for this person because somebody told me to or I just thought they was the best option. Because or they, they had this homework. letter by or worse because they had this letter by their name. A lot of people yeah. are like, I'm gonna go down and vote all R's or R D all D. Okay, oh well, my gosh! Cool. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh. That's oh yeah. Crazy. You know, yeah. Yeah. I've got all of that. I've got so many people who will who will literally say that. I will. I think I should. I'm going to do a Facebook poll now because uh, there are so many people who will vote all R's or all D's without even reading about any of them. That 
that's hella crazy. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> that's hella crazy. Because we're so polarized. You, yeah. Because people also rely on media to give them their yeah. answers. Yeah. I mean, quite honest. I mean, it's the same way as looking for a therapist. I mean, most people vent online thinking that's a form of therapy <laughs> when it's not. Get yourself a therapist. So it's the same way with politics. (laughs) You can't rely on social media to be an answer for you. Completely. Yes. So what are some, what are some things um, I'm trying, you know, so everybody out here who is listening, I'd like you to hit our page and we're going to put something up on our social media sites to just say, what would you like to hear us discuss? What would you like to have discussions about? I'm always curious as to what's out there and what information do people want to know, good, bad, or indifferent. We are very non-biased. You know that. We, you know, you can have negative things to say, and we really don't care. You can, people didn't make us. We chose to make who we are. And so we would love to hear opinions of, you know, or, or options or just discussions that we can have online and put out to the world. Mm-hmm. So that would be kind of well, really, we'll be, really nice. Yeah, we're going to be soliciting all that. Yeah, Definitely yeah we're going to put that out there because I want to know. also want to know what, what, what people think about activism and what people are doing. You don't have to come on the show to share. I'm just curious to see what you're doing to make, you know, it work for you. And I think it's important that people understand the purpose of why we're having this, especially with our political climate and we have, you know, an election coming up uh, next year. So uh, how can people connect with you? Um, follow me on Instagram, Twitter at Zoe Shrugged, Z-O-E-S-H-R-U-G-G-E-D. And then, yep, that's probably about, that's fine. <laughs> you don't have Twitter or anything? I said Instagram and Twitter. I just said it. Oh, Instagram and Twitter. Okay. I, yeah. I was wondering. Yeah, you know, I've got okay. Twitter you all I missed there. that. Yeah, so, you know, for me, I am on Instagram, Twitter, and, of course, I have the Facebook page with at I am Dr. P. Gurley, I-A-M-D-R-P-G-U-R-L-E-Y. And then I also have my other business, Clark and Hill Enterprise, in which I am on Facebook at Clark and Hill Enterprise and Instagram at Clark and Hill Enterprise. So all of it really is the same, um, except for on Twitter, it is Clark and Hill ENT. Yeah, so because I couldn't get Clark and Hill Enterprise all the way across, I had to shorten that up. Uh, but that's where you can find the, each of us individually. But collaboratively, you can hit us up and follow us on her, at Herspiration Happy Hour on Facebook and on uh, Instagram. It is at Herspiration Happy Hour, and we love, you know, for you to connect with us uh, on multiple things, especially if you're a small business. And then so the other thing that's going to be coming up on Herspiration Happy Hour, we are going to be offering, you know, sponsorships. Are you a brand? Uh, You know, do you have a service that you'd like to provide? If you want us to, you know, to advocate for you, hey, come on and we can, you know, sponsor a show and, you know, work with us and we work with you because we are all about loving and, you know, making small businesses much bigger gives you a global platform. So with that, do you have anything else that you want to just let the people know? We have about four minutes. <laughs> Not really. I think I'm pretty good. Just uh, 
So check out the article. Um, I tweeted it. Probably the most recent thing on my Twitter because I really don't tweet a whole lot. And yeah, I'm excited to uh, really get starting feedback from people and sort of seeing that right now that you know the show is open. There's lots of different ways it can go. We're not we're not married to any one topic or format. We're just really interested in uh, seeing you know it's always evolving. Uh, and like all media is always evolving, always seeing where it's going to take us. We want you know you you all to be the ones to guide us. So that's about it. Oh yeah, I, that I love that. <laughs> okay, so with that, you know we're going to get ready to close out the show, and we appreciate all of our listeners and 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 everything. Oh Zoe, really quick, um, can your article only be found on Twitter? Is there somewhere else that it's no 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 that um, people can connect? Go to and go just. Search for NBC Think, and it's on there. If you Google um, and if you go to NBC Think and just search my last name, Zoe or Zorka Z O R K A, you'll find it. Yeah, okay. I, I can't. I I like, I'm not going to sure read the hyperlink out over the phone, but yeah. Just oh, not you, reading the hyperlink. Yeah, I just didn't yeah, know if yeah, it was so on NBC, the NBC oh, NBC yeah. Think, NBC, and then it's also on NBC, your Twitter. Yeah, NBC, or if you go to NBC Think or NBC News and just Google my last name, it's really easy to find. Okay, so you know what? Yep. I'm actually going to do that after we get off our show, just okay. so that I can okay. go and be informed or more <laughs> informed than I was. You know, you always write, write great anyhow, because I did like mm-hmm. your. Um, I still have the Source magazine that you signed for me nice. <laughs> when you write for the yeah. when you wrote a piece for the Source. So yeah. you know, you all get connected with her. She writes some really great things. I myself, I only write business stuff. I don't write a whole lot um, of other things. Like you, you're much more versatile than I am um, when it comes to writing. And so with that, you know, we, until the next time and which, you know, our next show, we are going to, you know, let you know in advance of what the topic is going to be, but we hope it's something that you pick. Our audience, thank you so much for listening and staying engaged with us for all this time. And on that, have a good night and cheers. Cheers. Off the patrol, hey, hey, we off the patrol, hey.